Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Today's podcast is an interview with the amazing Craig Harper. For those of you who haven't heard of him, here is a snippet I've taken of his bio from his website, craigharper.net. Craig Harper is one of Australia's leading presenters, writers and educators in the areas of health, high performance, resilience, self-management, leadership, corporate change, communication, stress management, addiction and personal transformation. Craig has been an integral part of the Australian health and fitness industry since 1982 and in that time has worked as an exercise scientist, corporate speaker, consultant, university lecturer, AFL conditioning coach, radio host, TV presenter, writer and successful business owner. In 1990, Craig established Harper's Personal Training, which evolved into one of the most successful businesses of its kind and inhabited the Australian fitness landscape for almost a quarter of a century. Craig currently hosts a successful podcast called The You Project. He's also completing a PhD in neuroscience, exploring the role of motivation in creating lasting change. Pretty impressive, wouldn't you say? He's certainly done a lot of things. I've been an avid listener of The You Project since last year when I was in Canada, not just because of the educational and informative content, but also because of his strong Aussie accent. You'll know what I'm talking about if you've heard him or once you listen. It was great to listen to when I was feeling homesick. Of course, like I said, that's not the only reason that I listen to his podcast. So much of what he says resonates with me and um, I really agree with his outlook on many things. And I find so much of what Craig presents on his podcast to be really helpful for me navigating through life, not just running wise, but in general. Check out his podcast and I'm sure you'll find the same. You just can't be too sensitive about swearing. He does swear a bit, and for me, that's fine, but some people don't like that, and that's just the way it is. So just beware of that. In this podcast, I interview Craig, and I t- we, and Craig and I talk about resilience, reframing, and mental strength as related to ultra-running, but also so that you can apply it to life in general. I hope you enjoy the interview, and I also hope you get a lot out of it. Hi, Craig, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hi, Izzy. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for agreeing to meet with me and chat. Pleasure, treasure. Now, um, some of my listeners may not be aware of exactly who you are, although I've, I've given a little bit of information. So can you just share with us exactly where you're coming from? That's, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can swear. I'll put no, explicit on that. I won't, no, I won't, <laughs> I won't swear. Um, well, that's a big question. So... I started in the fitness industry a very long time ago as an instructor. I'll try and give you the fast track version. Ended up uh, doing personal training, set up the first personal training center in Australia, uh, wrote the first course, the first accreditation, Went later on went to uni, became did uh, exercise science, uh, became a university lecturer, wrote a few books. I opened, did I say I opened the first PT center in Australia in 1990, yep. owned gyms, had four gyms. Um, worked with elite athletes, teams, uh, Melbourne Phoenix, Melbourne Vixens, St Kilda Football Club, Nissan Motorsport, bunch of Olympic athletes, um, worked in the media, worked in radio, worked on telly, um, worked with the general public, blokes in prison, addicts, alcoholics, all around helping people create change, um, changing thinking, habits, behaviours, outcomes, high performance, how do I get the best out of me, whether or not I'm an athlete or a mum or a dad or both or 
um, somebody trying to build a business or brand, somebody trying to think better, do better. Um, and I've always been in and around kind of behavioral psychology and the way humans work. And I'm currently doing a, a doctorate in uh, neuroscience. Yes, that's right. And, and how's me. that going? That's, well, that's all the work in the world. So I don't know why <laughs> I started that. It's uh, sounded like a good idea. It's somebody time. who's allegedly smart. It's a stupid thing to do because it's a lot of time, Izzy. But um, so, <laughs> so I guess the snapshot is of, you know, people say, what do you do? And I go, I help people change the way they think. And I help people to do stuff to help people change, I guess. Like most of my um, workshops and seminars and keynote presentations and books is all around the idea of creating positive change, whether that's with our, in our body or our business or our thinking or our habits or our behaviours or our results. Yeah, and it's all intertwined together really, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we're obviously going to be talking specifically about runners and more specifically about ultra runners. And ultra runners tend to be out on the trails or on the road, if it's a road event, for a very long period of time. Mm. And um, so lots of things can happen during that time, especially mentally. And they often say with ultra running that it's 90% mental and the rest is in your head. Yeah. So. That's why I thought it'd be great to talk to you and get some tips and ideas and thoughts. Sure, sure. So when a runner is, is coming up to a big event, they're like their A race, how do, some runners get really debilitating nerves, like where they're actually yeah. to the point of physical sickness. Yeah. How can they deal with that sort of thing? Yeah. So <clears throat> maintaining kind of calm yeah. and, and trying to manage anxiety and stress um, is a challenge for everyone in sport, yeah. especially at the higher levels. But I guess a part of a part of being able to manage it is to understand what it is. And anxiety and uh, stress, as we're talking about it in this scenario, is a personal reaction to a thing, Yeah. right? So what creates stress is not the run, it's no. not the event, it's you. It's your thoughts about it. It's your thoughts about it. So yeah. we are unconsciously and unintentionally producing our own anxiety. Mm. And so, you know, the thing with, I mean, this also almost kind of spills into the mental and emotional health space because anxiety is part of mental health. And yeah. But, you know, there's no three-step plan. There's no three-step plan. So when I was working with elite athletes, um, I would say to them, do everything that you can do to prepare yourself. So train like you play, I yeah. used to say to people. So you, you can't get good at what you're not doing. So how do we build resilience and resistance is by putting ourselves under pressure in an intelligent way yeah. consistently. And if you, you know, so you say, well, what are the variables with endurance running or long distance ultra running? Um, well, your body, obviously, and injuries and sleep and energy levels and nutrition and recovery and periodization of program and training and coaching. And there are lots of variables. And so yeah. as much as we can, I think, with any sporting endeavor, you control your controllables and you yeah. be really, really strategic and practical about how you go into the process and I guess visualizing, you know, look, for me, I've never been a big visualizer, but some of the people that I've worked with really benefit from that, where they'll picture themselves getting up on the day, going through their ritual, doing their thing, having their breakfast. They'll literally walk through it 50 times uh, in mental rehearsal before yeah. the day. So on the day, 
they're less stressed and less anxious. It doesn't There's, feel so scary. Though. Yeah, I yeah. think. I think. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the more, not always, but for most people, the more they do something, the less the fear response. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have a really um, practical example, which hasn't always worked, <laughs> but it generally works, is if I'm doing a three-hour workshop, at the start of the workshop, we'll be talking about, you know, stress and anxiety and self-management and all these things. And I say, put up your hand if you're scared of public speaking. Yeah. And I'll pick someone who's really scared and I'll bring them down the front, <laughs> right? And yeah. I go, don't look at the audience. You don't need to do a presentation or anything. Yeah. Just talk to me. Yeah. So I put a microphone on them and I say, and so I start having a conversation with them. And I go, don't worry about them, just answer my... And I'll go, so how long did it take to get here? Where did you come from? What's your job? What do you do? So making them comfortable. And I'll just talk to them. And then I go, by the way, you're talking in front of 500 people. Yeah. Right? But why are you not... Like you are literally talking at the front of the room with a microphone on in front of... You're not stressed because you're not focusing on the drama or you're not telling yourself a story. You're just present with me. And so they'll be anxious, but, you know, and then I'll get them down half an hour later then I'll get them down half an hour later not for long but for a minute and we might do it five or six times over a half day workshop and by the last time they can talk to the audience quite comfortably oh wow so I'll say what I want you to do is I want you to now we're talking about even though public speaking is not the same as ultra running it's the the process is the same of how do I how do I manage me in the middle of this event now whether or not the event is a really long run or standing in front of an audience because we're not talking about managing you know my running technique we're talking about how do I manage my emotions and my mind and my nervous system my cardiovascular system my endocrine system which all go into hyperdrive when I'm anxious yeah and it's kind of the same thing yeah so that would be like for even an ultra runner perhaps doing some b races in the lead up to their to their big race so they get used to the yeah, racing get, process. get used to turning up, doing the thing, being yeah. against other people and, right. yeah. you know, and all the, the the ritual and the things that go with showing up for your event and all the prep yeah. and all the, you know, and trying to figure out. You know, the thing too is that the more that we do something, whether or not that's ultra running or public speaking or you know, whatever it is like me right now showing up to uni yeah. doing a PhD, the more that you do it, the more you work, the more you figure out what works for you. Yeah. Because not only, you know, even with, um, you know, you're a very good runner and you're at the pointy end, I guess, and you ran, you told me you ran 175, 179 on the weekend, which for me is mind-blowing and well done. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but well done. But we might get another... Um, female competitor who has a really kind of different preparation and protocol to you and does just as well or beats you yeah exactly. so it's not like oh so you know is he what are the four steps no 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 what are your four steps what are your four steps so really they only apply to me that's right so what we want to do in sport and what we want to do in psychology around sport is we want to figure out um, so what's the general thinking and consensus around this component? It might be endurance training or recovery or sleep. or yeah. So we, of course we pay attention to the science. But then on top of that, we pay attention to what our body and our energy and our uh, emotions are telling us. Yep. No, that sounds so we enough. can cater it specifically yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so during a race, you know, and there are runners right there for a long time and um, they'll go through... Um, a range of lows and highs. 
what should they do when, when a runner's been feeling good and then all of a sudden they hit a real low? What's something they should maybe or could focus on that may possibly help them? Well, I guess, okay, so I'm going to go, I'm an exercise scientist, not a guru in ultra running, but I'm yeah. just going to, so I'm going to have my, Yeah, just from you that know, perspective. So, I mean, I would go, well, is it a, a psychological low or is it a physiological low mm. or is it a bit of everything? Yeah. Because you might just have hit the wall because your glycogen stores are depleted yeah. and you need to suck on one of those things. Or those do you, horrible gels. Do you use those? Oh, a little bit. What do you use? Well, I use a combination of that sort of stuff. Is this and top secret? We no, should be sharing? No, okay. no, no, no. So I've what do you use? So like I'll use these little chews that are like a gel but in a chew form. Right. Because the gels make me actually almost gag. Right. And um, as well as a combination of real food. Because right. when you're out there for that long, you need real food. You can't just eat sugary stuff. Yeah, 100%. The whole time. Well, yeah. Because yeah. you, yeah, for a range of reasons. just kill me. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think... Um, you know, sometimes for, you know, if it's a physiological thing, well, then maybe you're dehydrated or maybe your glycogen stores have just gone through the floor or whatever. So there's the practical. Yeah. But then, you know, like I've, and I'm not definitely not an ultra runner by any means, but I've done a couple of um, marathons, which for me is ultra. Um, <laughs> but I remember, um, and this is just anecdotal, but I would have to just, I would break it down. Because yeah. if I started feeling horrible at like the 30K mark, yeah. which was pretty inevitable. And uh, if you think, yeah, about how far you've got to go. I would just daunting. break it down. Yeah. I, would, I would just literally focus on one kilometre at a time. And yeah. so I think breaking it down into, you know, like that old saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Because yeah. if you just think about the, the whole thing, it can be overwhelming and daunting and you just go further back. But, you know, I think that, I think with sport in general, like your biggest challenge is managing pain and discomfort yes. because yep. what you are doing is painful and uncomfortable. And yep. if you're being really, really objective from the outside looking in, well, it's completely unnecessary. <laughs> it is like you're doing this thing that nobody crazy, needs to do. No, you're exactly you're right. You're just going, oh, I don't need to, but I'm doing it. And I your know. body's going, hey, but stop though. I could be sitting on the couch. A hundred percent. I could be. I could be eating a chip sandwich with yeah. salt and white bread. Oh, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, but you, you got me running up these stupid hills and I'm in pain. Exactly. I know. And and your body's saying, just stop, just stop. So wh- why do you, I know you're interviewing me, but yeah. why do you do it? I like, have what no do you, clue. What do you, you must have a clue. Well, I think it's more just to see what I'm capable of, or at least that's what I always say. But sometimes, like, I kind of know what I'm capable of now, so I don't know why. It's just, I like to challenge myself. I like... I guess to see how far through the hurt I can push myself. Mm. Mm. And um, other than that, I don't know. Because sometimes during a race, all I'm thinking is, I just want to stop. And, and why am I doing this? Yeah. And yeah. when you finish it, do you go, that's it, never again? And then eight minutes later, you're like, nah, next week. <laughs> no, actually, at the end of this one, I was still as bad as it was. And I was whinging a lot at the end, how the finish line was never coming. But um, no, I was ready, ready to think about the next race already mm. so when is the next race it's end of march next year how many of those do you do a year i only do two really big races a year right yeah i think that's enough for the body and the, the mind more than the body yeah because making yourself hurt that much um it's really hard to keep going to the well and to make yourself yeah. hurt that much yeah and, and also i mean you know it's being tough and resilient is great mm. But you also need to be intelligent. Yes. Because yep. there's a point where, and I've worked with athletes that they're they're tough in a in a stupid way. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time they're 35, their body's gone. Yeah. Gone. 
Yeah, and, and that's it. I want to be running for a while, so I think you need to be smart about it. And I know some people like to do lots of 100 milers, but yeah. for me, it's two a year. So you're it. not a female David Goggins? No. <laughs> God, no. God, what's oh, going on there? I know. He's crazy. Hashtag super crazy. David Goggins, folks, if you haven't checked him out. And Check the book, him out. You Can't Hurt Me, that one's a good yeah. one as Have well. you read that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I've got to get it. Did yeah. you like it? I did actually like it, yeah. I love, you know what I love? Um, I love talking to people or um, reading people that or listening to people that uh, I don't want to be like him, Yeah. right? I don't want to be like him, no. but he's inspirational. Yeah. And there's certain things that he does and shares and says where I go, yeah, I could do that. I could do yeah. a bit more of that, yeah. you know, just but. You know, there's but that. He, he, he has zero balance, though. No, he has zero balance. Zero balance. No, no, that's right. And I mean, it's very hard to get balance. But um, yeah, he's got number. But he's even said that he doesn't even actually enjoy running. He mm. just does it to see what he can do. But he yeah. doesn't actually enjoy running at all. Which... Well, and I think also there's this like <clears throat> he is at the. You know, I was having a conversation this morning with somebody, and this is really ties into our conversation here that we're talking about resilience yeah. and how do we be resilient because we live in the most comfortable oh, time yeah. in the history of humanity. Yeah. Too comfortable. You know, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm going to say it. So yeah. I was having a shower after we had, I had a conversation this morning at a cafe with this guy about yeah. this and I yeah. got home and I was having a shower. I was thinking, isn't it funny that this is going to sound strange, but yeah. I can walk into this little cubicle and turn on these taps yeah. and I've got hot water and it's awesome all over my body and for the vast um, history of humanity, yeah. there was nothing like that. No, that's and right. we just go, oh, I'm going to have a hot shower. Now I'm going to have a cold Take drink. Take for granted, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now I'm going to hop in my car and now I'm going to turn, turn on, on the air conditioning. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm just going to jump on my phone and ring <laughs> yeah. someone in America. And, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. and not that they're great things and we're blessed, you know, we we're fortunate. Yeah. But yeah. it's, I think we need to be careful that in um, a time of, instant gratification yeah. and quick fix this and quick fix that and, you know, yeah. impatient and online everything that, that we ourselves as a species are not devolving. And, and that's, that has, I have to admit, that's something I've been concerned about, about that we're kind of devolving in that, in that respect. Yeah. I think yeah. that we're, you know, and I'm probably going to sound like an old fart, but I, I just <laughs> like, I'm really, I'm really, um, I guess, concerned about you know um younger people i mm. sound old when i say that but from the point of view of um having some of the emotional psychological and behavioral um survival skills yeah. that we need to just yeah. be human because yeah. life is messy life is That's unfair right. yeah. bad things happen to good people yeah like the world's not just you know like Sometimes things just suck, and if you have no resilience, guess what? You're going to capitulate, oh, and yeah. so and life will be so much harder because of that. Yeah, as much as you're trying to make it easier, it ends up actually being harder. Well, I, I was talking to a guy recently who he would be good for you to have a chat. His name's yeah. um, Paul Taylor. I did an, a podcast with him yesterday. It's up. Oh, he's is the, that Irish the Irish guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. Yeah. So he he um and pursuant to this, you know, mental toughness and. Yeah. His kids are nine and thirteen, and they both started uh, martial arts at four. Oh wow! Yeah. And one's a black belt, and one's yeah. a brown belt, the yeah. proper black and proper yeah. brown. And um, you know, he was just saying that his like part of his parenting is letting his kids learn, mess up, 
yeah. um, get hurt in yeah. a in a, a yeah, safe so, way, yeah, so to course, speak. A few bruises yeah, and scratches and scrapes, a few yep. losses, yep, a few, you right. know, whatever. It's yep. okay, you didn't win. That's cool. Yep. That's life. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a cuddle. It's okay. <laughs> or maybe you did. I don't know. But the point is, you know, now he's got these kids that. Um, have a great family life. They're still yeah. loved. They're still valued. They yeah. still have a great existence, but they're mentally and emotionally tough, and they're really quite independent. Yeah. Um, and he said the most respectful kids, yeah. because they're they're training in a culture which is largely uh, built on, you know, respect. Respect. Yeah. And I yeah. I just think that not that everyone needs to run out and do bloody karate, but or whatever it is. But I, I just think that. You know, exposing um, our kids and also ourselves. Like mm. I, part of my job is as a coach and teacher and speaker, obviously helping people become more capable and resilient and able to self-manage. Even when yeah. we talk about anxiety in sport, that's really part of self-management. How do it I is. manage yeah. that? Because yeah. if you've got the best genetics and the best training and the best VO2 max and the best all of that, means nothing but you, you fall apart every yeah. time the gun goes yeah guess what you know you ain't succeeding no that's exactly right so yeah, yeah it's it's there's i think the thing with performance in general is it's a really multi-layered thing and it's yeah. not just about training and it's not just about sleep and it's not just about you know uh potential or programming or you know whatever it, it's about a bunch of things and it's about trying to come up with a an overall strategy and model that works for you yeah, yeah, no, that sounds fair enough. Um, a lot of ultra runners get into running because they have a history of depression. Right. What do you think about exercise as a way of dealing with that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think that, I mean, so you think about there's biochemical stuff happening in the brain when people are depressed, yeah. um, obviously, which, you know, um, and there's, so what do we do? So we give them medication to change that biochemical state. Yeah. So when we give somebody anti-anxiotics or antidepressants, so it's changing their brain chemistry and, you know, exactly or not exactly, but a very similar thing happens for many people when they exercise. Yeah. So, you know, we create a dopamine response if we exercise or if we're into it and if we get, you know, we get to that point where that starts to happen. So there's actually quite a lot of research out um, comparing one to the other like a, a, a medicinal or a pharmaceutical oh, okay. yeah, approach yeah. to an exercise-based intervention. Yeah. And most of the stuff that I've read, and this is just off the top of my head, exercise comes out on top and not just oh, okay. because of, you know, mood elevation and all yeah. of that, but also there's all the other stuff, all the other benefits. So not only is this changing the way I feel and my mindset, my emotions, but also I'm building bone density. Yeah, I'm yeah. building self-esteem and confidence because I look a bit better perhaps. Yeah. I've lost a bit of fat. I've built a bit of muscle. Um, you know, I feel yeah. less <laughs> self-conscious. Yeah. So there's a bunch of things around that. And again, all of those. So then even with that, it's not just about your brain chemistry. It's about other things too. It's like, yeah. well, I feel better and I look better. I've got more confidence. That helps as well. So... Um, I think exercising in general, um, and of course I'm going to say this because of my background, but yeah. but I, you know I say to people, you don't you don't doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't it just matters that you move your body. For me, it's all about function and health. Yeah, everything else is just a bonus. So. Yeah. You know, I'm 56. I started training when I was 14, and my biological age is about 38 or 9. Yeah, I'm never drunk, never been drunk in my life. Never oh, really? had a beer. No, never had a drug. <laughs> never had a cigarette. Wow. Um, 
And I'm not saying anti-great. I'm saying yeah. what happens when you manage, you know, when you manage your genetics, your body, whatever it is that you've got, your time, your resources, your potential, when you manage that optimally, then yeah. you're going to get the best result. Yeah. So you can't, ch- you know, so anyone listening to this, you can't change your genetics, but you can change what you do with them. So yeah. we can change gene expression, but yeah. in terms of, you know, your genetics, they're your genetics. You're 24 hours in a day. You've got 24 hours in a day. You're 40 years old. You're 40 years old, yeah. right? We can whinge and sook and jump up and down, but things are yeah, So right. then you go, a better question is, well, all right. So like for me, I go, I'm 56. What's the best way for me to keep my mind, my energy, my body, my performance, my output young yeah. in inverted yeah. commas? And so... Uh, I go, well, one way is I need to sleep great. Cool, I do that. I need to stay relatively calm. I do that. I need to have a good uh, diet. I do that. I need to train regularly. I do that. Um, I need to stimulate my brain. I do that. I'm doing a PhD and I need to hang out with people who drag me up. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a big one too. So there's a social, like we know the way that we socialize impacts our health. Yeah, yeah. And, And social, like there's a lot of social markers now around uh, longevity. Yeah. So loneliness is one of the biggest indicators or predictors of um, uh, morbidity. Oh, okay. Yeah. So lonely people tend to die earlier. Die earlier. Yeah. 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 And you think about, so when you're, so if you're lonely, well, you're going to be sad. If you're yeah. lonely, you're going to be depressed. You're going yeah. to be anxious. You're going to be an overthinker. There's going to be all this stuff going on. If not that, some of that. Yeah. I mean, all of that has a physiological consequence. Yeah. And yeah. conversely, now you're hanging out with people you love, you're yeah. connected, you've got meaning, you've got purpose, you belong. Yeah. There's laughter, there's joy, um, there's love. Yeah. Your body's in a different biochemical space. Yeah, yeah. And I guess also that's what ultra runners will get is from the, the, the people that they hang out with. Yeah, I think, that, I, think, I think ultra runners are a unique group and so... You know, when you spend time with other people who are weird like you, yes, that's right. Uh, you do. You yeah. know, it's like you're your own little sect. You're yeah, your own yes, little weird running cult. It is. Yeah. And uh, we have our own little culture. We have that's our it. own little language. Mm-hmm. We have our yeah, own yeah, little quirks true. and yeah. stuff. And we're Lots all of quirks. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. And so you hang out with these people, and it's like and you're it all the norm. Yeah. yeah, and you're all about yeah. performance. And I would guess uh, there's a lot of support and encouragement. And yeah, definitely. Sharing of ideas and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I tried this, this was great. And so I think, you know, that's that's even part of like belonging to a tribe, you know, yes. and whether or not your tribe is CrossFitters or ultra endurance yeah. people or or people who scrapbook, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Each to their own. It's a yeah, tribe, you know, right. and if yeah. you're connected, yeah. then it, it's good for you. I actually, I read a book called Tribe. I've forgotten who it's by. And it talks a lot about that, and it's um, yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of yeah, the dude's like, name. It's, it's quite it was a, a guy. Yeah, it's a it's an unusual name because he's from Sweden or something like is that. Is it um like no yeah Jorgensen or something like that? Is yeah. it? I can't remember. Anyway, it was a good yeah, book. Yeah, and and it talked a lot about that sort of stuff too. No, well, someone or something like that. Anyway, I have no clue. Somebody, I'll remember on the drive home. But I yes, <laughs> it is a good book. Yes. Um, so what about like if say a runner gets an injury mm. or and can't run mm. and so how do they deal then with the feelings of you know yeah. not being able to do the exercise they love and you tend not mm. to hang out with the people as much and all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah, is yeah. there something they can sort of well I mean this this is a challenge but so when I'm when I've worked with an athlete who um, 
has had an injury. So let's just go with Sales working with um, an ultra endurance runner who yeah. who had an Achilles and yeah. couldn't do anything, couldn't compete probably for eight months and couldn't yeah. start training for the next four, right? And I'd say, cool. So what's in your control? Yeah. What's not in your control? And can you ever run again? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a tumor? No. Well, shut up. Right? <laughs> Pretty you know, it's like, do you live yeah. in the Sudan and yeah. are you eating dirt for breakfast? No. Yeah. Okay. Do you like? I'm not trying to be um, dismissive or no. rude, but mm. it's like, okay, it's. I know it's important to you, but it's not life or death. Yes. So. That's right. I get it. It's disappointing. I get it. You're frustrated. Yeah. But don't turn a three out of 10 problem into a 15 out of 10 catastrophe. Yeah. Because not only is that really unhealthy for you. Yeah. Two, that's one. Two, it's really annoying to be around. <laughs> it definitely is. And yeah. three, you yeah. definitely don't help your recovery. No. You that's help right. your yeah. recovery by being in control and yeah. by managing things as best you can doing everything, icing, stretching, not stretching, whatever the hydrotherapy, yeah. whatever it is that yeah. you need to be doing. And I get it, yeah. but once it's done, it's done. So yeah. it doesn't matter how much you catastrophize, it's done. Yeah, so the, right. the challenge then is managing your mind more than even managing your body. Yeah. Because your body just, it, it just recovers. It, so. it does. And look, I once had a, two stress fractures and I did pool running for six weeks. Yeah. And I had some really good races after that. So So you started in 2012? Well, that was the ultra running. I started um, just running back in 2005. How old are you? I'm 49. No. Yeah. Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. You look unbelievable. I'm not even being nice. <laughs> I wouldn't have asked that if I knew you were 49. I thought you were going to say 35. <laughs> yeah, no. A lot of people think I'm, yeah, mid-30s. Not, and I'm not being vain saying that. No, no, saying no. I'm saying literally. mistake me. For, like you're yeah. only seven years younger than me. You look yeah, 30 yeah. years younger. Yeah. That's really yeah. annoying. Why do you look... No, congratulations. <laughs> seriously, good genetics because I can't say that I'm like you and I've never drank, never smoked, you know, because I did all that stuff. You look incredible. Well, so, well done. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, but it's a pure, pure fluke. Just genetics? No, just it must, genetics. must be more than that. Well, I mean, I think because I... Because you're in good shape, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you're very fit. Yeah, but I wasn't always in good shape. I wow. I was, you know, always relatively, but yeah, wow. I wasn't always. Well, that's, I mean, you are, I mean, that is amazing. That is, um, that's super encouraging for people. Yeah, I hope so. Because I, I mean, there do. are people that are forty yeah. who are going, "Oh no, I'm forty. Oh, and I, to and be you're honest, nine if, years older, and yeah. you're elite. Well, it, well, I don't know about elite, but it frustrates me, I guess, when I hear people forty going, oh, "I'm too old to do this, and I'm too old to do that," because mm. I mean, I just don't agree with that mindset. Mm. And mm. I think that's also what keeps me young is I don't think I'm too old for anything. I, I'm just getting started. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> seriously, I am not. I'm not being um, falsely complimentary. I <laughs> thought you were going to. I went. Ah, oh, she's probably not forty. I was thinking, if you're forty, you're in amazing shape for forty because you don't look forty. <laughs> but you like yeah, yeah, I, no. big fifty next year. So. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, it it goes to show you what what can um, be done physiologically yeah. when. You know, and to be honest, I think with the ultra running is um, I look back on photos from fifteen years ago, and I think I look 
better now in many respects. I think just from being outdoors all the time. I think yeah. that being out in nature um, elevates my mood and that's reflected in how I look. So I've got a question or two for oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So are you, are you OCD? Um, sometimes. You're I'm a lot better than I used to be. Okay, what are you OCD about? Just about being organised. So you're a perfectionist? Yeah, I like every... I like things to be organised. Oh, you're a perfectionist? No. If with you ask my daughter, she would say yes. Things, but yeah, right. yeah, yeah I, I can be, but I'm really trying not to be so yeah. badly. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like just messing up your hair and seeing how you go with that. <laughs> well, in the last, in the race I did, some of it was through wilderness and the trees were ripping oh, my hair out. Oh By my the gosh. end, I was, my hair was out here. Wow. Yeah, so. Um, so how do you, how do you find or where do you find your off switch? Um, Is this an area that you struggle with? That's an area I struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because tell. I'm busy, 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 busy. Yeah. But um, but by the same, which is... Can I coach you for a sec? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So you need to find a way to be busy and calm. Yeah. Because I'm busy and calm. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm... Again, I'm not, I'm not saying, wow, you should be... But I'm saying the chat, being busy and stressed or busy and anxious yeah. is not desirable. But it's... No, I it's agree. Like, it's taken me years and I'm yeah. super old, so that's okay. But it's, it's just finding a way to be busy, productive, effective, yeah. proactive... And in the middle of that, there's very little anxiety or that elevated bad energy where it's like you're up all the time and there's adrenaline and there's all the time. Like you can't maintain that. No, and I I do get that sometimes and it's like, because it always feels like there's not enough time to do everything. So I race around like a headless chook. Yeah. And then there's always plenty of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and even in the middle of your, you know, your busyness – yeah. Like, that's okay. It's like, be, be there's difference between busyness and chaos. Yeah, yeah. You know, like some, you know, some people just, wherever they are, even if they're not busy, they're still chaotic. Oh, okay. Have you yeah. noticed they have that yeah. chaotic yeah. energy? Well, I'm not chaotic, or at least I hope no. that don't come no, across No, 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 like you that. don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. Whatever you're doing is working, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keep going. Have we got another one or two? Just, just one, one left. Um, okay. Some... As an, like an antidote to low feeling, some runners feel like they have to give this persona of being 100% happy all the time and yeah. 100% positive all the time. Is that actually possible or even desirable? Um, okay, so that's just a... That's a general a, that's question. That's an opinion. Um, yeah. No, I think, I think it's ridiculous. I think yeah. be 100% human. Yes. 100% human. Peaks yeah. and troughs, good and bad. Yeah. You know, for me, um, I'm... I have good and bad days. I don't have too many bad days, but I've, I'm, you know, I've said this a thousand times t- to my listeners. I'm not particularly talented, not particularly genetically gifted, not particularly um, intelligent. Uh, you know, not that I'm dumb or, but I'm, I'm certainly not uh, outstanding at anything. So, um, and I have, you know, days where I, I kill it, and days where I don't, and, and you know. Um, corporate gigs where I'm a nine and a half out of ten and then the next day I'm a four I'm like what happened (laughs) you know this is just the human experience and we I think we we focus too much on trying to create certain outcomes that we think will make us uh, happier or better or more complete or more desirable or something but it's just a never-ending slippery slope for most people because 
especially with perfectionists, um, it doesn't matter what they achieve or what they have or what they own or what the outcome is um, or what they earn or what their brand is or how many letters they get after their name. They never have that feeling of, oh, good, I've done it. I'm good. I'm really yeah. happy. I'm content. I'm calm. There's this There's this perpetual... I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when. Yeah. Exactly. And you go, so... Do you, do you have a good life? Yep. Are you healthy? Yep. Have yep. you got people that love you? Yep. Have you got a good career? Yep. Have you got, you know, enough money in the bank? Yep. You're not going, cool. So what what's going? And so mm. what I think we try and do, um, and this is my little philosophical contribution for the show. Excellent. Is we try and resolve um, mental, emotional and spiritual holes or problems with kind of physical um, or financial or professional solutions. So yeah. I always say that I used to think I, I needed to change my life, but what I really needed to change was me. Yeah. Because my life was actually great. My life yeah. was amazing. Um, and so I say to my friends, if I complain about my life, really, you have complete permission to punch me in the face. <laughs> because yeah. I'm, if, I'm, if I'm complaining about my life, I'm the problem. Yeah, you know, and you're the common denominator in terms of yeah. the external stuff in my world, my situation, my circumstance, my environment, my income, my job, the people in my world, for the most part, somewhere between good and great. Yeah, you know, um, and so I think even with high performance and even with being an elite ultra runner or whatever the pursuit is, do everything that you can do, and then let go. Yeah, let go. Yeah. And that's a choice. Like, and it's easier said than done. But how? But how? <laughs> what? Well, shift your focus. You yeah. know, stop. Don't. You know, it's like one of the, one of the things I say to people is: imagine if I said to you, um, "Izzy, I'm going to give you a, a million dollars if you don't think about the number seven for sixty yeah. seconds." Right? Yeah, no, I've so, lost it already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so how do you not obsess about something? Well, yeah. you don't go, oh, I'm not going to think, I'm not going to think, I'm not going to... What you do is you actually focus on something else. Yeah. So one of the ways that I've over the years got out of my own BS... Yeah. Notice how I'm not swearing. Very, Notice I'm I really impressed, actually. Yeah. You've done so well. I know. I'm doing it just for you. <laughs> Thank you. One of the ways that I've gotten out of my own way and my own uh, ego and my own insecurity and my own selfishness and my own uh, garbage is to have a project bigger than me. Okay. And so when I focus on other people and I yeah. go, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go and try anyway to help other people create a better life, a better yeah. existence. And that was literally, you know, I wrote a post um, the other day, maybe yesterday on Facebook or somewhere. And I wrote, you know, I haven't had a job for 33 years. No, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, because literally I didn't, I didn't like, I I like work. I just didn't yeah. like having a boss. I wasn't yeah. very good at it. And yeah. I went, so what do I like doing? I like helping people get in shape. And so that was when personal training began. Um, and then I went, well, I don't just like helping. So you didn't consider that a job? Yeah, but I was working for me. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. So I haven't had a job yeah, where I've had to rock up else, and I've got yeah. a boss and I, yeah. I've got to clock in and clock out and, yeah. and I've got a hand in a thing and none of that. So since I was 26, so 30 yeah. years... Um, I've, if I want to work three days, I can, if I want to work two, if I want to work seven, I can. Um, but that's, you know, but you, you kind of then, and this is a, you know, I'm digressing, but this is where we really start to think about 
not just um, racing and not just uh, performing in that level, but also um, more expansively, what do I want my life to look like? Yeah. And me in the middle of that life. And running is an important part for you and your cohorts. Yeah. But it's not all there it's, is. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. my question would be, if I was working with an elite runner like you, that's great, let's do everything to perform well, recover well, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 168 hours a week. Let's not lose ourselves in becoming just this obsessive yeah. Because when you get your entire sense of self from running, the moment that you get injured, you are immediately depressed and anxious and frustrated. But when it's just a thing that you love and do, but it's just a component of your life, it's one of many things, then it doesn't have the same impact. And when eventually you have to hang it up, which will be one day, then you're okay because you don't get your identity from that thing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's important to have other things. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. You need the pendulum needs to swing. Yeah. You know, it's like I have a lot of deep and meaningful conversations with people and some of them are hard and heavy and, you know, emotional and tough. But I don't want to do that all day. No. It'd kill me. Oh it would. So I've got to go to the gym and lift stuff and talk garbage with my training partner and ride my motorbike and hang out and you know, it's 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 just it's trying to have that balance. So when you're doing your thing, whether that's being a school teacher, yeah. or whether or not that's running 179 kilometers because you're a bit unhinged, yes. um, then you're in it and you're yes. doing it, and then but then there's the off switch, and yeah. that having an off switch um, actually makes you a better runner. Yes, because then I when you agree. go back, you're yeah. fresh and you're excited. Yeah, but when 24/7 you're all about that, um, I actually think it's uh, it, it's a negative on performance over time. Yeah. Because you then have so much anxiety around it. Yeah. Because it's all consuming. Yeah. And yeah. yeah so and balance is key. Balance yeah. is key. Yeah. Even in, it's like the thing too is, you know, like I've worked with athletes where they would be training six hours a day. There's a point where. What kind of athlete is that? Uh, different athletes, you know, gymnasts, oh, okay. um, yeah, footballers, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, basketballers, track and field athletes. So by the time they do their skill session or yeah. their running session, and then they do a gym session, then they do some rehab, and uh-huh. then, you know, they might be yeah. spending like, could be three, four, <coughs> excuse me, but there's a point where you go, you know what, four hours is about the yeah. right, or two is right, but, yeah. but like more hours is not necessarily no. better hours or more productive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like with study. There's a point where when you're studying as a student, you go, you need to figure out the best way that you can absorb and retain information so that yeah. you can sit an exam or write a paper or do whatever you need to do. And so that's, you know, our body's always telling us something. So pay attention. Yeah. No, that sounds fair enough. And yeah, and that's really important to have something else because... Being a runner, it's pretty inevitable that you'll get injured at some point. So no doubt, yeah. especially when you're 49. What? What? No, I'm not. I'm no, not. no. no what? I'm supposed to know that. No, that's amazing. So, have you not shared that fact on your podcast before? No, I, well, I don't really talk about my age. Like, I don't know. But I mean, that's a real credit to you because you just, you know, obviously, like if we could do a bio age test on biological, yeah, I'd be age, interested. Personally. You, you, you would probably come out. Maybe low 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mentally, I feel like I'm low 30s, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. How old's your daughter? Uh, 19, and I have a 22 year old son. Wow. Yeah. You're like so, a proper grown up. I know. 
What's, know, that? It's what's, weird. what's that about? I know. I don't get it. That is weird. <laughs> it is weird. Well, thank you for having me on your no podcast. No worries. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Pleasure. Thank you. What an amazing guy, wouldn't you agree? I hope you got a lot out of it. I know I certainly did. For instance, since um, my race GSER, I haven't been actually able to run. So that's coming up on close to four weeks. During the race, like pretty much right from the beginning, I was having terrible trouble with my left calf. It kept collapsing on me. And to be honest, I actually wasn't even sure I would be able to finish the race. Since then, it simply does not fire. I have not been able to push off on my toes. I have to basically walk from my heel on that side. So I'm walking with a limp, let alone running. It doesn't hurt, but even walking upstairs has been a problem. It's better, but I walk with a limp, I run run with a limp. So I've taken Craig's words to heart and realised that I'm not dealing with a life and death situation here. My calf will heal in time and I will run again, although it feels like, you know, being dramatic like I never will. But of course I will. It's just a matter of reframing the problem and putting it in perspective and looking at what I can do. I can still go for a fast walk. I can do lots of mountain biking and mountain biking is great for leg strength and if I go out on rough terrain, it's still good at helping me to navigate trails. So there's still a lot of things I can do. So if you're injured, try to think of the positives and what you can do, just like Craig said. And I do hope that his words on all the different topics we talked about help you in some way too. As I always say, I would really love it and appreciate it if you could rate and review me on Apple Podcasts. It really helps my podcast to grow and for others to find it and to get to listen to some of the topics we've discussed. I really, truly appreciate your support. Thank you so much. Happy training, everyone.